All right. We're on, everybody. Hello. Hello. What's up? Black Arts Cinema Podcast. Fletcher, as always. And me. Mr. Whitehead. Hudson here. We are doing a really cool movie, I think, and uh, I will let Whitehead tell what movie we're going to talk about for a minute. We watched Phantasm. On Blu-ray. On Blu-ray. Remastered. And uh, I love it. It's a good movie. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it, too. Uh, Hudson's never seen it till the other night. No, I'd never seen it at all, and uh, it really delivered. It, it was the quintessential, you know, late 70s, early 80s horror flick. Um, it was really entertaining, and, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, from the moment we started it, did not see it because uh, I knew nothing about it. Um, knew, knew, had no spoilers or background ab- about what was going on, um, other than just, you know, seeing the cover of the DVD and seeing the tall man, um, didn't really know where it was going to go, uh, uh, the sci-fi aspect of it was pleasantly surprising, and, uh, like, yeah, like, did you have any context of the film whatsoever, like, had you even heard of it before? No, never even heard of it, did not know it existed, um, you know, learned afterwards that some other things I know about have referenced it, but did not know the context of those references. Like, but no, did not even know it existed. Whitehead, uh, do you want to take an opportunity real quick to talk about any of the other ones? Because, uh, I think we should maybe save save that, save that for a future future episode. Because I would like to watch more of these with yeah. you guys. Because like Hudson was saying, you know, it, it it takes a fucking weird turn, and like I wasn't expecting it, but hey, it's pretty neat. But I'm not even gonna bring it up right now. Yeah, I, I was just alluding to the fact when I said talk about the other ones, like I do think this is the best one, and I haven't seen the most recent one. It's good. Um, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm just saying. I think out of the whole series, this first one is the best one, hands down. Like not even debatable okay yeah Th- that's I'll, what i'm saying I'll agree. I just I'll, agree. Like, I'll agree this is the the other ones do get wilder though yeah no the well, watch the other ones but this this one for me is the cream of the crop out of just the phantasm movies yeah like growing up like i didn't rent this movie it, it just the cover alone freaked me out just creepy old man it's a very charming movie and, and i mean that in the way that there are some serious flaws with it if if you're taking a look at it from like a story perspective or, you know, acting, but it just makes it that much better. Like it really does. It, it, it like it, it is one of those rare movies that the bad parts of it just make it that much better. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I, and I agree. I get wh- exactly where you are coming from. I think it's with all those kind of bad points like you're talking about, mm-hmm. it somehow is a very competent film. Yeah. But it, probably shouldn't be in the sense that because i think the dude that made these self-financed all these yeah i'm pretty sure he did um like yeah and i'm pretty sure he probably knew everyone that was in that first one yeah because i think uh, uh, after i saw it i did a deep dive on it obviously you know and wikipedia to everything and i went ahead and spoiled the the subsequent films for myself so like i read the plots and it's got its own little universe which is kind of cool that's grown out of just this one movie but 
I think same what you're saying, Fletcher. Yeah, self financed, and I think it even like it just took place in that town, and he just found locals to. Yeah, I guess what I meant, like, uh, yeah, I feel like these are all they were like his drinking buddies. Yeah, I'm thinking most yeah. of them. Yeah, definitely Reggie. Yeah, like that's his. He and knows who would have thought he would become the hero that would persist uh, throughout this franchise? But gosh, what a hero! Mm. Yeah, it's one of those weird movies. Ice where cream truck driver. Yeah, with, yeah, I, with a wicked ponytail and a and, b- and bald on top. Yeah. yeah, just waxy dome on top. Um. And can shred on a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, there's weird, like, late 70s shit. Like, I thought like there was a bunch of, like, that bad company weed floating around <laughs> that set. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, let's just let's just film you guys playing guitar for a minute. They pr- Yeah, they, they only use, like, what would you say, like a couple minutes there's of them playing guitar. I bet they recorded, like, <laughs> probably like 30. An afternoon's worth of 20 sleep. or 30 minutes of them just playing. And they were, like, got all hyped. Like, yeah, we're going to, you know. We're gonna be the soundtrack for the movie. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna re- start a band too after this. <laughs> we're gonna be co- we're gonna go on tour after this. We're gonna be yeah. mega rock stars. Yeah, like I bet there's some good blow too on this set. Maybe I could see it. I feel like a lot of people. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people that were on this set were just partying up as soon as they'd be like, "Okay, we're wrapped for the day." Even the little kid. Yeah. Oh, I think that I think that I'm like you. That kid saw titties. I think for real. Oh yeah, I mean it's definitely a nineteen seventies horror film in that every female in it is is highly attractive, and you have a, a a very high chance of seeing them topless at least. Yeah, I think uh, as soon as they hit well, now that I think of it, you only really see one pair of breasts, but they're not actually female. I mean, if you think of it, well, I, I oh, mean, in the context of the story, yeah. But I'm just thinking of like, I don't remember any unattractive female in it. The two uh, women who ran the shop, who had an ambiguous relationship with, with the themselves and with the characters, and and never seen from again. Yeah. yeah. Um. Although Reggie does does point out, because at first we were like, oh, you never hear about whether they lived or died or whatever. But he does say there that he helped spring them at the end, even though it's off camera. Yeah. I guess what I'm alluding to is I feel like when they hit rap on set on this movie, and I don't know if I can, I don't know if this is slanderous or not. It's just speculation. I feel like a lot of drugs are done, a lot of wild sex things happen with the Eagles in the background the whole time, every day after they hit rap. Ooh, we got a yawner over there. Um, I will I will give the movie props for this. When shit gets wild. They take action. They get guns, which I thought was one of the smartest things I've ever seen in a horror movie. Yeah, like they like when, yeah, like you said, when shit hits the fan, like they're like, oh fuck. They like, get strapped. Yeah, which I thought was super smart. Like instead of being like, oh, they're good shots too. Yeah, yeah, I have to give them that. Uh, you okay over there? They've, they've been to the range before. Yeah. Also, I like that the kid like knew how to use a shotgun and was just like the older brother was like, oh man, take a gun. Yeah. Fuck it. it was like, you gotta defend yourself. This is one of the few horror movies <coughs> where the main villain <sighs> attempts to have sex with more than one cast member. Yeah. In an alternate form, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's an old man, like... Who can shapeshift, I guess. Yeah, he can shapeshift, and he totally was getting fucked in the beginning of the movie. And it's just... Yeah. 
it's weird, but then again, he is also a super strong, tall old man. I I, th- I think I did point out too, they did some kind of cool stuff that you don't or when we were watching it, that like you would see later in like more popular horror movies, like when the photograph starts talking to him. I'm like, it stole that shit. Yeah, like movie. Steven, come on, man. Or I don't know if that happens in the book because I've never read the it book, but the the cable TV version from the early 90s definitely stole that shit from Phantasm. Yeah. Well, I feel like they did it in that, and then they did it uh, again in the in the newer ones. Yeah, I, yeah. So, I, I only saw the so first. It might, maybe it's in the book. And I I don't know when the it book was published, so maybe they didn't, but. Phantasm was 12 years before the It uh, cable TV movie. Yeah. Um, and I like that scene where they're in the dark. I'm not saying that hadn't been done before, but I was like, oh, that'll be used later in other horror movies. I can't see nothing. Uh, those creepy-ass little... Uh, Jawas. Jawas or whatever the <laughs> hell they were supposed to be. Shrunken the corpses. Dwarves. Yeah, the dwarves. Shrunken corpses, yeah. Th- those freaked me out when I was a kid a lot. I just remember catching this movie on TV as a kid and uh, getting, like, seeing someone get murdered by the ball, and it, it scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, those balls were wild, I thought. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, I mean, also, if you stop and think about it, I- interdimensional travel pretty, happens in this movie. Pretty, pretty novel idea for the time, I feel like. I'm sure someone can point out a film prior to this that you know, featured that, but not, yeah, like, it, 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 and you really don't expect it from, like, what you think is going on, because, like, initially when I, when I finally watched this when I was a little bit older, uh, still, you know, pretty young anyway, but I was just like, oh, he's like a evil necromancer, or he, you know, has power over the dead. No, I mean, yeah, he does, but. He's fucking with other dimensions, and it's th- that just adds a whole other level of what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. See, when I watched that, kind of was like, like you said, necromancer. I was thinking warlock in my head for some reason. Yeah. Because I don't know, it, it seemed kind of logical, but I too was like, <coughs> was like, what when it took that turn? Um. Also, too, just I don't know if those were sets or if this was all filmed on location. I feel it was like a lot of on location spots. Yeah. I think that adds to the surrealness of the movie. Maybe that's why it's so freaking weird. Like, because I'm like, that was a real house. That was it their bad. Yeah. But like, I w- often wonder if that's like a real funeral home. It. It could be. It looks like one. Like that, and, and just the whiteness of the marble. Like it, the movie really does feel dreamlike. I don't know if they intended that to be the outcome, but it feels like a weird dream you would have. Yeah. Which. <laughs> I mean, technically, it could have been a dream because yeah, you know, the way it ends, yeah. the way it ends. Yeah. He's you know he's like, oh no, buddy, you just had a nightmare. And I I do want to say, uh, I think I read that uh, w- when the director uh, Don, I'm I, I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce his last name. Ah, uh, it's Casta something. Yeah, you know, I just can't Castanelli. remember it off the top of my head. Uh, maybe I just didn't want to butcher it, but um, I'll carry that burden. Yeah, no, you, you can try. I just cannot remember. I, mean, I can see it, but I want to say he wrote the screenplay because he had some crazy-ass dream. 
and it was something similar, like the ball was chasing him in a dream, and he just built all this around that one concept from his dream. That's intense. Um, also, too, I guess we should talk about uh, the yellow, <coughs> the yellow blood in some of this. Well, they, they, they embalming fluid, formaldehyde, whatever it was. And I, I, I never really thought of that. Uh, that yeah, was always that so makes, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was like, what? They never really explained what that is. Well, I mean, they are corpses who have yeah. gotten you know prepared for a funeral, so it totally makes sense. It's formaldehyde and embalming fluid. But like when the tall man got his fingers cut off, he his was all like yellowy mustard stuff. Oh, because he's just. I don't know, he's gross. <laughs> yeah. That's what you that's what you become as a a big mustard packet when you become an old man. Uh, yeah. yeah, but but the, the just the strange little like how his finger turns into a giant fly. Yeah, that that's was That's a that's a inexplicable connect. That was just thrown in cuz I think they had the the ability to do the practical effects, but like no, nothing else in this the tall man's arsenal is insect like or you know maybe that's supposed to indicate that the you know, whatever master race that he's secretly working for, working in allegiance with, or some sort of insectoid. I don't know. It, the, uh, I'll go ahead and spoil it. There is no master race. He He's the master race. It's just him. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, like, the insect thing just tripped me out because I was, like, when I was a kid, because I was just like, there's utterly no explanation for this. And uh, I'm going to bring up this one small bit that I like because it's realistic, but then it kind of contradicts itself. Uh, at one point, one of the henchmen die of the tall men, and he pisses himself, and they make sure they show the piss. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I thought that was a good little detail. I was like, well, that is realistic, but the thing is, if they're already dead, why was he pissing? Could he could he zombify people? I've always wondered that. N- no, I think they have to be dead. Um, That guy might have just been a dude that worked there. You mean the caretaker that gets... Yeah, because yeah, he he looked he looked surprised. Yeah, like. I, I I looked that up, and at least in the Wikipedia page, or something I read, everyone was of the consensus that he was not actually in on the. I guess the ultimate secret. He you know he just worked there. He just worked there. But as much weird shit as going on around uh-huh. there, you would think he would have. Yeah, you know, known about it or something. I, I think he maybe did. He's just turning a blind eye to it for whatever reason, or maybe they had some weird agreement, or probably out of fear because fucking Angus Scram is intense looking. <laughs> yeah, I, or maybe Tall Man's like, look, someone's got to do like some normal shit around town for me. I mean, he could do it. He was walking around. I mean, granted, he was sniffing the cold air, yeah, very creepily. But he was he was just wandering around. I I did I did read something along the lines of. Uh, because I think Ang- Angus Scrim and the director or the writer are were friends. Yeah. And the whole the the whole idea for the film was predicated on the fact, like the the writer got the idea for it because they realized Angus Angus Scrim was such a a terrifying looking dude that he could he like uh, scared a child on the on the street just by raising his eyebrow, and that's where the famous. <laughs> Like no, that that's where he got Boy. the whole the whole Boy. idea to write the thing is like they're walking down the street one day and like a kid walks past him and he just looks at him and raises his eyebrow and scares the shit out of him that's and that hilarious. that's where the whole movie came from is that huh. oh, see I read the thing about the ball dream it could be it, it could, could all be, be tied to uh, yeah. you know all different ideas they put together but well, let's be honest it was from a lot of wild late nights with yeah some, with some LSD and some weed and a 
bunch of parties and you know be a cool scary movie man uh if your beard got somebody whitehead that'd be a scary movie that's right it like that's what i feel like it came from and someone got like a that's probably already a shitty horror movie so I don't think we could the get bird. far with it. No, no, I'm just saying I think that's where their concepts all came from. It's just a bunch of ideas that are hanging out. Could be. Uh, in dreams and stuff. Um, there's a part that I think you need to talk about, Whitehead, because you're more versed in it. Uh, when he goes and visits, who they never bring back up again, that kind of the little boy or the main boy goes and visits that uh, fortune teller or whatever. Yeah, he go yeah, I, yeah, he, it it seems like that's not the first time he's gone over there. So I guess he's such a fucking loser ass kid. <laughs> I mean, granted, I'm only saying that because he doesn't have any friends and they even say in the movie like he's, he's a weird little fucker, but weird, I love him. Yeah, he's a weird little fucker who just follows his brother around. He does stalk his and brother ha- and has the irrational fear that his brother's going to abandon him. But well, well, they did lose they, they lost their parents. Okay. So that that's where the the fear of losing True. the brother okay. comes from. It's not, yeah, not. I, not, I know that's a national. He was. I don't know. I feel like he was old enough. He should have, like, you know. That is like an interesting point, though, to bring up. That that that's why these two brothers, like, the the older brother. I mean, for those Jody. Who, for those who are listening who haven't seen it, the older brother is much older than the younger. I mean, not. But uh, there's a big age gap between them, and they have no parents. That's why they're kind of easily able to go about on the, all these hijinks because their parents died and Jody's like the caretaker of his younger brother. Yeah. And uh, that's where the, the younger brother's abandonment issues come from is he's afraid his brother's going to die too and he'll be left alone in the world. Yeah, like I said, I could, I could see it if he was like a little bit younger. Yeah. But at that age, and granted, mine have, or my parents haven't died uh, at when I was, what, like 12? Yeah. Yeah. But if they had, I feel like I could have maybe handled it. Yeah. Th- I, I, don't, I don't know. No, no, I agree entirely. I mean, th- this boy, it, it, if this all hadn't happened, like if, if the movie hadn't happened, if, if I could see him becoming a real creeper in real life. I mean, because, like, it, it's to the point that he follows his brother and watches his brother and is, is attempting to watch his brother fuck someone like a weirdo in the – Which is actually – an old man. Yeah. But still, it's like... So, Jody's slick kind of gay. That's how attached he is to this brother. Is like He's just going to watch him in the bushes do his business with what the looks like a lady. The him in a bar. Yeah, actually an old man. Um, but, yeah, they, they, like they make it seem like he goes to this gypsy or whatever, fortune teller, quite a bit, and they just never bring it up. But there's a specific thing I wanted you to go in on. Yeah, okay. They totally pull a fucking... Uh, uh, a dune, <laughs> yeah, and they they basically have their own box of pain, and he has to, you know, basically they do it as an example of you know fear is the mind killer, you know, it's illusions overcome it and shit, and what they don't call it the mind killer, but it's it's so fucking close to the same quote from Dune. It's just like man, really. And I had to look it up, and I'm still mad that I can't remember which one came first. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, did either one of y'all end up looking that up? Well, I mean, Dune was written in the nineteen early 1960s. Okay, okay so we know. Yeah, so, so and, Dune, yeah, and it's in the book. It, Frank <coughs> Frank Herbert published Dune in 62 or 64. Okay. so But yeah. it is in the book for sure? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it's a pivotal pivotal point. I okay. Think, yeah. I'd imagine because, you know, it comes up later. 
Well, again, they can make stuff, di- or she makes he or she makes the box disappear, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. For some reason, she just magically makes the boss the box and twenty bucks disappear. Yeah, and or well, however much he gave her, I don't know. And that those powers are really never brought up again in this universe. Yeah, well, they do. The girl does wander to the uh, funeral home at one point. She might die because I don't remember seeing her again. Yeah, and Reggie did say he saved those two girls, but he, I don't remember him mention, mentioning her. Yeah, but the the grandmother seemed like she had the like she was talking to the boy through the do- or through her granddaughter, so it almost seemed like she could like puppet her around. Reggie does mention he finds the girls and they like send them whatever they're freaked out. Yeah, he did. He does mention he sends them off or something. But I just assumed it was those two girls. You from know. the car, but again, they weren't, int- or maybe that, I think it's one of the two girls from the car. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that one going to the funeral home, but I could be misremembering. She, she, yeah, she goes in, she's like, looks through a door, and I'm assuming it's the door to the, where he's got his, like, interdimensional tuning fork shit at, and then she gets snatched up. And then it just, the scene cuts to something else, and they just never go back to her. Yeah, I, I just remember in passing, Reggie mentioned something about some chick he found and sent him on their way or something. They uh, they're a little loose at times with characters and introing them and and that's okay because none of them matter except for Jody, Reggie, and McClintock. I was hoping one of you would correct yeah, me because I, I don't, I, I don't I'm remember looking right kid. now like McClintock. I just made it up. I don't remember the little kid's name. Oh damn it! Why did you? Yeah, I totally forgot too now. I remember I Jody and Reggie? Yeah, Jody, Reggie, and Mike. There Wasn't it go. Mike? Yeah, Mike. We're going with it. Um. Again, this movie's just such a weird. It works somehow, but I think it's just a bunch of stuff. I, I've never seen a film with so many loose plot threads work. Like, yeah. like just like you're, just like we're talking about that one girl. Like you never know what what happens to her. It's a pretty loose plot thread, but it still works. Like it just you, you ignore it just because of the rest of the film. Yeah, and like you know the fact that yeah there is. I don't know, what is that called, Whitehead, where you can make objects appear and disappear out of... <sighs> Man, I don't fucking know. She's got some kind of magical powers or some shit, and he seemed... And, like, he saw that box disappear, and he seemed kind of cool with it. And yeah, very unfazed. And went over there expecting some, you know, spooky shit, and, you know, she delivers and takes his money magically. So, you know, he's... And, again, at that age, you should be like, okay... That's happening over there. I shouldn't be like super fucked up when something else is happening weird over there yeah. across town. Because, you know, I don't know. I would be freaking out. I'd be like, or A, I'd either freak out and, you know, no one would believe me. Or I would freak out and be like, teach me how to do that. Yeah. One minute thing I want to bring up before we talk about the ending of the movie, which is very. We'll get to the ending in a second, but, uh, I guess it's important to note that at the beginning, Jody and Reggie are at their friend's funeral, and we just don't learn much about that friend. They're not even that broke up about their buddy dying. All we know about his friend is he he fucked an old fucking an old man was the last thing he ever did. But remember, the death was suicide, and we're like, he got stabbed in the <laughs> chest. How do you like? <laughs> How do you times? suicide yourself? Yeah. May- maybe he's got the cops in his in his big tall pants pockets or some shit. Maybe, but uh, I mean, we see him later when he's a when he's a dwarf. A dwarf. And again, they're yeah. not even that fucked up about that. Um, I guess this is um, this is about the last thing I have to say about the movie. 
the last five minutes when it's revealed that Jody's dead. Jody's dead, and maybe what we've been yeah. seeing is a dream. And they totally retcon later, I believe. But we'll get it. We'll, we'll say that for an, if we ever do any of the other ones. But uh, what did you think about that ending, Hudson? Because the look on your face was the exact look on my face. I know the first time I saw it, where suddenly Jody's dead and he died in a car crash like two weeks ago. They really throw that out there, and that is always. I mean, I didn't know what to think. I mean, I guess that's the best way I can put it. Just like, well, it's kind of. It's honestly my biggest gripe with the entire sloppy first storytelling, but you know, okay, I've gone I've gone along with everything else in this film so far, so Cause, uh, I'll go along with this too. Reggie's just his caretaker now. Yeah, and they make yeah. it seem like not three minutes before Reggie passed. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw Reggie pass out. Yeah, but they made it seem like he passed because uh, Jody's like he's dead, and then they go and fight the tall man. Yeah, and then well, that is tr- well, yeah, they run away because shit's imploding. Yeah, and then there's this whole like third act with a, a cave or whatever. It's just the two brothers are gonna take down the tall man, and then boom, the older brother's been dead the whole time somehow or not. They really are weird with the last five minutes of this movie, and I mean, you get those last five minutes. Yeah, because I want to say the way they explain it later, it's like the events of the first movie happen. There's no weird dream shit. Jody just straight up dies like a couple we- weeks later. Yeah, or if there was a time jump, they didn't make it seem like there was a time jump at all. Yeah, because I'm pretty. The, the, yeah, because I'm gonna say the sequel. Like Mike's just like fuck it and just jumps to the next town, a couple towns over, and then re- it's Reggie just driving around trying to find his ass. Yeah, like I feel like they ended up having to backtrack because the last five minutes of the first one's like that is a little confusing. It makes it seem like most of this movie didn't happen the yeah. way they end the first one. Yeah, and it, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, the end of the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Right, right, with the mom the, and everything. The weird dream fake-out ending. Yeah, yeah, it is very much like that. And, and someone actually gets pulled through glass. I guess, should we say Nightmare on Elm Street is more like this? Well, yeah, yes, technically. Because this was six years before, but I really do enjoy this movie. Uh, like, the only really flaws... There are flaws through it, but the only one that I find massive is just those last <laughs> those last five minutes. But uh, Whitehead, I, I think I'm done talking about Fantasm. You got anything you want to throw in on it? Uh, mm, no, nothing more than like I don't know. I want to save save it for the for the if we do the others. Not if when we okay. we should at least watch the the second one. I mean, I'm down to watch all of them because I haven't seen the newest one, but uh. Hudson, you got anything before we wrap out and get out of here? Uh, the only other thing I like to add is a little bit of pop culture trivia, which I learned after watching this and doing my deep dive. Is you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams is a big fan of this film, and a uh, little tie into the Star Wars universe. Uh, Captain Phasma from the new uh, Star Wars trilogy, the most recent one, uh, he named her in honor of this movie because. We saw the the uh, mock-ups, the costume mock-ups for her armor, the silver, silver outer, the the armor silver, as you know, it reminded him of the spheres from this movie, so that's why her name is Phasma, in honor of Phantasm. Well, good to know. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to rate this before we go? Sure. Uh, Ten? Yeah. I give it a six and a half. 
pretty good. I'm gonna give it like a seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give it seven and a half just because it's like one of the most perfectly imperfect movies I've ever seen. Yeah, because just from like watching the first couple minutes of it, you think, okay, this is just gonna be a slocky, shitty old horror movie, and it's really not. It's really good. Yeah, with all its flaws, it it works. So well put. Well, I guess I'll wrap it up with that, but you play a good game, boy, Mr. Whitehead. Boy. But the game has boy. come to an end, as all games must. Boy. Boy. We will catch y'all in the next one. Peace. Bye. Don't get, get by the tall man. Boy. Yeah, don't let the tall man get you out there. Or do. Fuck it. I don't know.